Well, I will admit up front that uh, this scripture passage is uh, kind of a difficult one um, for several different reasons. Um, some of that has to do with some of the interpretation, a couple of the ideas that are, are present in this and the way it's written. There's some argument over how it should be interpreted um, and it has a big impact on how we might view God whether loving or not um, on, and on the one hand uh, this passage is tender it's encouraging but where I really probably have the most uh, difficulty is personally Through this scripture, God is calling us to live a life that can be very difficult for many of us, and I think probably most of us. In this passage, John states his ideal for all of us, for all people. Um, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. There's a period there. There's no not sin sometimes. It's just not sin. Challenging, right? Uh, in one respect, what John wants for us is impossible. Uh, St. Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And similarly to the way that John wants us not to sin and then leaves it at that, St. Paul, all human beings sin and fall short of the glory of God. He doesn't qualify it. So in one respect, uh, it sounds impossible, but I don't believe that John is setting us up for failure. <clears throat> what John encourages us to is definitely challenging but the good news is that the life that God calls us to is possible when we trust in Christ and even better no matter how we do with this forgiveness and reconciliation are always available to us the way forward is as John puts it to walk in the light. This guiding image for understanding all of what John is inviting to is in our opening verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, God is light. And just as white light includes a full spectrum of color, this image of God as light uh, includes a myriad of aspects. So John narrows down the range for us in the rest of this verse and the next. He says, God is light. In God, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with God, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. John is talking about how we live not what we say 
about who we are, but what we actually do. In fact, the end of verse 6, um, we do not live by the truth is the way it's translated. It's literally, we don't do the truth. John is talking about how we live, not what we say about it, but how we actually do it. And this comes up three times. We hear this, if we claim blah, 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 but we do something else, then the truth is not in us. That's essentially verse 6. Verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar, and God's word has no place in our lives. Three times this comes up. If we say something and we aren't actually doing it, then we aren't living truthfully. And I think within these passages, we can hear the, certain, the, the specific aspect of God as light that John is after. The light here that, that John is particularly concerned with is truth. And the darkness is lies. John's major concern is how we live in relationship to those two realms, truth and lives. He describes the living of our lives as a walk, very uh, traditional language from the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, we walk in this world and we can either walk in the dark, lying to others and to ourselves, or we can walk in the light, being truthful with ourselves and God. Specifically, John talks about how we can either walk in the dark, lying about our sinfulness, or we can walk in the light, which means being honest about our sinfulness. Now, part of the reason living in the light can be difficult, can be uncomfortable and humbling, is because the light of God reveals everything. I mean, God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. There is nowhere to hide, nothing to hide. It's a bit like what happens to actors when something is filmed in high definition. Uh, every flaw and every blemish, every wrinkle is exposed. I once heard an actor <laughs> talking about the first time she ever saw herself in high definition. She said, I never realized my pores were so big. There's nothing that can be hidden. To live truthfully about ourselves can be uncomfortable. It can even be painful and humbling, if not humiliating. We hear this acknowledged in our gospel passage. John writes in the gospel, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men and women loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And I think we can see this uh, played out significantly on our national stage these days. But John's 
intention in writing all this is not to humiliate or to hurt anyone. Quite the opposite. John wants for all people to experience two wonderful realities of living in the light of God. The first is deep communion. Communion with the triune God and communion with our sisters and brothers in Christ. At the beginning of 7, we hear him write, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, and there's there's a lot of confusion about the the personal pronouns in here. Uh, Was he referring to God as a triune or Jesus? Um, I like in this one picturing Jesus. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, communion with one another. Now, that sounds a little bit off um, because uh, John says, when we walk in the light, Jesus is in that same light. So I would have expected John to write, so if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with Jesus. But he doesn't write that. He writes, if we walk in the light as God, Jesus is in the light, we have communion with one another. Uh, So it goes back to what he had written in uh, the earlier scripture we looked at last week of where uh, basically if we have communion with God, true communion with God, then we have communion with one another. The two go together. We can't have one without the other. So John assures us that when we walk in the light, we are all together in the light of God with Jesus Christ. We enjoy deep communion. We also experience deep healing and restoration. The rest of verse 7, if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship, communion with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Uh, Again, in verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And the Greek word that John uh, uses that is translated as purifies is uh, katharise, which is the root from which we get the English word catharsis. And just as experiencing a catharsis feels like a, a purging of something hurtful and a renewal of our spirit, so too is the experience of forgiveness in Christ. This is what the area where there's a lot of argument among theologians and church leaders about exactly how we experience forgiveness from Jesus, why we experience forgiveness of Jesus, all that language about blood and sacrifice that connects us to uh, God and the the Hebrew experience. Um, There's a lot of, as I said, there's a lot of different arguments about how and why we receive forgiveness because of Christ. 
but the result is the same. Deep healing and restoration. We hear this in our gospel passage that this was the intention from the beginning, this healing and restoration. God so loved the world that they gave their one and only son that whoever believes in him, trusts in him, shall not perish, but have life, eternal life, genuine life. For God did not send their son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what God wants for us, that healing, that deep healing and restoration that comes with with trusting Christ and being forgiven when we do sin. Now, given all that, why would we ever not seek out the light? I mean, it seems like the benefits are enormous. Why would we not do that? I think a big part of the reason why we don't do that is because it means that we have to admit we've done something wrong. And often, when we've done something wrong, that also means that we've hurt someone uh, or hurt several someones. And those admissions can be devastating before they are ever restorative. I'll give you a personal example. Talk about putting light on a dark subject. I learned early on in life how to yell in anger. Uh, I learned how to puff up my voice and my body in order to try and seem bigger and more intimidating than I really was. Well, yelling in anger can be really hurtful to others, and it has been. Uh, early in my marriage, especially, I had to admit that my yelling was wrong and it was unhealthy. In order to try to do something about it, I took an anger management course. Now, I was doing it voluntarily because I was just trying to get better, get healthier. Um, when I got there, out of uh, 12 men that were there, I discovered... I was the only one who hadn't been ordered to go to this, if you know what I mean. Uh, everyone else had been ordered by the court to attend this course. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm honestly, I'm just here on my own. Um, but it was long and it was intense. And it confronted me with a lot more of the darkness within myself. It can be uncomfortable, even painful, to be honest with ourselves about ourselves and our sins and our darkness. It can be humbling and even humiliating. But God wants this for our own lives and for our world. Just as we hear in that Genesis passage, so too in our souls and our world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. 
darkness, chaos was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. That is what God wants for us in our spirits and souls and for our world. John puts it this way. This is the message we have heard from God and declare to you. God is light. In God there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have communion with God, yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we don't live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship, we have communion with one another and God and the blood of Jesus, his son, their son, purifies us from all sin. And the best news of all is that Jesus himself walks with us to empower us to make this life possible. That's what John is writing in the beginning of chapter 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Again, wow. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We can hear the tenderness that John is after in that address. My dear children, I love how one commentator put it. Not only this address, my dear children, not only was this very suitable on the lips of the aged teacher John, but it was a phrase Jesus used. St. John had caught the phrase and its spirit. He remembered how Jesus had dealt with his disciples. And John would deal with his people after the same fashion and be to them what Jesus had been to himself. Gentle and patient. John reminds his dear children and us that this gentle and patient Jesus is with us on our journey. In fact, John calls him uh, a parakleton, a paraclete. Uh, literally, it means one who is called alongside of. Through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself walks alongside of us as our guide, our empowerment, our encouragement. Jesus himself walks alongside of us and empowers us to walk in the light. A wise Scottish pastor from the 19th century, a man named Robert Candlish, wrote this about our passage. The heavenly walk in light with Jesus, who is light, carries us upwards and onwards, above and beyond the region of dark guilt and fear in which sin is strong, and places us in a region with peace and joy in which grace is stronger. We have proposed in good faith that we will not offend. 
we rejoice to think that we may now form that purpose with good heart. Not desperately, as if we were upon a forlorn hope. I'm never going to sin again. I'm never going to sin again. No. But rather as grasping the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is with us. He cheers us on. He assures us of success. And when, at any time, he seems he sees some lurking apprehension of failure or defeat stealing into our souls and discouraging us, he tells us, Jesus tells us, don't think too much of it, but press on, for he is beside us to help us if we should stumble and to lift us if we should fall. Walking with Jesus encourages us to be honest with ourselves about ourselves. And Jesus himself empowers us to walk in that light. Thanks be to God.